listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to Blurred Lines. This is your man, Cam. With me, as always, is... Call me Mr. Tibbs or Josh. <laughs> as well as... The professor, the mad scientist, the one who will save humanity by reining it in. <laughs> We're destroying it all, either one. Whichever comes first. Uh, sadly, oh. it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, mine. There's not a difference. <laughs> uh... And we are here talking about The Last of Us. Um, it just concluded the tight, what, episodes, I want to say? Nine. Nine. Nine, nine episodes. Mm-hmm. Nine episodes on HBO Max. We did a show kind of commenting on the first two episodes. We wanted to come back after it concluded to kind of give our thoughts about it um, as probably the best adapted video game on TV slash film, I want to say. Like, is that... That that stretch is that pretty pretty accurate? That's pretty accurate yes. of, of the last period twenty yeah. years. Um, yeah. At least you know, the last twenty years. Yeah, you, if there there if there may be some that we're not thinking of, but they on your hand you can count them. Yeah, no, really true. Um, I thought trash. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, had, I had to make sure I rewatched just the the ending just before, but. It's kind of interesting because I already knew the ending, so I was more curious on how it was going to play out. Um, it felt kind of anticlimactic, I want to say. I mean, it was, it was, but it kind of just felt kind of like, it's like, oh, tension, tension, tension. And then it just kind of ended. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think so. I, I'll say, um, actually, before I talk about the, the episode specific, thought about another recent video game and adapted TV series that was the exact opposite, which was Netflix's Resident Evil. So, <laughs> so, hey, you actually watched it. I didn't I, I didn't even watch I it. I actually wasted wasted time that I can't get back. There's a there's a parallel universe where I didn't decide to watch that show. <laughs> and I wonder mm. if he's in the if that version of me is in a better place mentally. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> The Last of Us, you're right. I think the final, the closing moment, I also knew how the first game ends. Um, and I didn't know where to expect in terms of how they were going to get to that point in the TV series. Because after, without, as from, aside from knowing those basic things like how Joel, uh, in Ellie Mead and the, the the general story, obviously you have to play through the game to know some of the other details, which I haven't. So I, it was very surprising that they kind of stuck to the very beat for beat uh, narrative uh, of the game, and the end in itself was less of a cliffhanger. It was a cliffhanger. But I thought it was it was a good cliffhanger because um, on the one hand, it didn't drum up any action in terms of what we're looking forward to. Oh, the next set of obstacles or villains or whatever that stuff. But it did continue what the se- what the first season was so good at, which was 
it ended with a very quiet character moment. Mm-hmm. And the point, the point. I thought that was probably that was bold, first of all, on the part of the writing ended that way a hbo tv series that's supposed to be about the uh an apocalypse with monsters running around it chose to resolve the, its main arc about 30 minutes into that episode with the last 20 minutes being devoted to this quiet character um apotheosis where in the last moment despite all the things that they built with each other, um, Joel, for the audience, it should not, still should not be trusted because he clearly, you know, spoiler alert, is not tell, being very truthful with Ellie um, after the fact. So, yes, you're right. It was very anticlimactic in an action sense, but I yeah. think that what I've noticed about this series in each episode is that it's less about the action as much as the character choices that lead to that action. Yeah, 100%. And I think you're right. That That's a good point. That's a very, that's, I didn't think about that aspect of it because you, you know, for a character-driven show, ending on a character-driven moment makes more sense. Um, yeah. And, you know, also too, Again, this is a show that's less about, I mean, it's about the, you know, the um, contagion and like the kind of zombie fungus guys or whatever, but it's actually about the actual characters themselves and how they're navigating through this whole world. And even, you know, even though Joel basically screwed humanity to to save one person, that's another character part that's part of his character that's been established from the beginning all the way to the end. So it didn't really, so it it made sense that that's something that he would probably do because he's been showing that kind of a, kind of a, dedication and loyalty to the people that was around him he's always losing people and this this is a moment where he was like i'm not going to lose this person uh, this person as i lost everyone else kind of a thing and also on the gambit like they don't they you know as is with any trying to create some kind of solution to a contagion there's going to be so much trial and error that you know would would that sacrifice be worth it in the end so you know it's a very interesting and complicated moment um, because also the antagonist in that moment, who is Marlene, um, is not wrong either about her, what she's saying to Joel to justify what's what they what what needs to be done. And so, it again, these character moments are what really made that first season this first season shine through even in the episodes where there was more action. It was the character moments that held on that you, that kind of gripped you the most, you know, um, in the, in the episode with the big boss cordyceps jumbo, uh, <laughs> monster that comes out the ground, you know, you barely register that versus when you, the moment you find out little Sam has been bitten, yeah, and Ellie instantly tries to help him to know uh, to know obviously the next morning to to, to unfortunate results. Yep. Um, but it's in in everything that happens after that, and so, but in that happens in an episode where there's a lot of genre action going on. Yep, God's <laughs> definitely true because the, the humans, humans, that you humans are just yeah because the humans are just as, are just as um, 
as dangerous as the um as the fungi people. <laughs> Maybe even more. I would say more, honestly, because yeah. it, it's interesting because it. I, I think my first couple episodes was interesting because I'm like, oh wow, even the apocalypse, we still have capitalism, which is hilarious. And then during out throughout the the show, you see how different groups of humans deal with it. Some some actually go back to more of a communist situation and more social gathering and kind of sharing resources. Some go to regular individualism and like, you know, fuck everybody. I'm not talking to nobody. Get off my lawn. Um, and so I like I like that uh, the show overall, it kind of sh- uh, delved into the different character traits that humans would possibly go into just based off of how we are now. And so I like that, you know, even Marley, Marley and her overall thinking, she's just like, her making is like, yo, we got to stop this whole shit. So right. one person die so it's kind of on her for not shooting joel in the leg when he came in <laughs> or like chaining him up but she respects them because of previous past stuff that she didn't you know they allude you but they don't tell you about you know yeah and so i think it, it overall but i mean from a different production situation acting wise casting wise they did a freaking amazing job uh um, yeah they, they really it's one of those things where they you can tell they took it seriously as like resident evil i only saw the trailer and i was kind of like oh all right, well, I'm doing one of these again, huh? <laughs> and also, you had uh, two, you had really good writer slash uh, showrunner uh, executive producers who understood the story that they were handling and didn't get too bogged down with the genre aspects of it. Um, you know, I always talk about, and this is easy, easy comparison, how after the first three seasons of the show, Fear the Walking Dead were really good because it was doing ex- all the things that the Walking Dead were was well, pa- it couldn't do at that point, which is be a more contemplative show that's, that doesn't focus on a hundred zombies running, characters running from a hundred zombies, but more so the 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 slow and quiet end of the world how it how it kind of just kind of creeps up on you in comparing it to last of us the same thing with joel said you know it was like friday people ate the cordyceps saturdays they started getting sick and by sunday the whole world was gone yeah you know like it's 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 that quick and so um you know this show didn't spin an entire season with Joel and Ellie fighting against the cannibals or, you know, you know, or like, you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't focus on those things because once you kind of get into that, you establish that that is something that's happening in this world and the horror behind it, then you got to kind of continue on with building your characters and their reactions and how they're getting out of that situation. And, and what does that affect how, cause each, encounter leaves a lasting mark on them. Yeah. And by the sure. end of that that last episode, which is kind of, you know, it's interesting that Mar- uh Marlene is like, you know, how did you got how did you guys do it? You know, it's like she's like, I I had like five armed men protecting me and I still almost died. Yeah. <laughs> you know, getting getting to the to this spot. And and so um yeah it it was a great show. I think my favorite, one of my favorite episodes was the, the left behind episode with her friend Riley. Um, that, that episode was great. Obviously the bill and Frank episode three was really, really well written. Um, 
just really extremely well written hours of television. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think the Bill and Frank episode stood out. Um, I think the the Riley episode stood out. It, the 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 tentpole episodes that sort of give you uh, a, a better latch onto the framework of the series did what they were supposed to do. Like you want more, you invest in the character. You you sort of uh, as someone who didn't play the video game and went into this blind, uh, you know you 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 invest in those characters really fast. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. Um... I'm surprised at the kind of it's it's getting a great reaction, but I would think because to me this is the real this is the type of horror that the genre should aspire to because the first two episodes are so gnarly and freakish and and especially just coming out of the COVID <laughs> pandemic um, that it's like they didn't even have to go back to that kind of level of horror. It just stays there in the air throughout the rest of the, of the, the episodes. Like, um, for example, the, in the second episode, when they, with the, in the, the Jakarta scene, um, you know, I went back and watched the first episode and there's a scene in the, the, in the scene, the very opening scene, I'm catching all these things that, when you watch just to watch for the first time, you don't pay attention to the fact that Joel forgot to pick up the pancake mix. The fact that mm, how many yep. eating chicken wings instead of in the, in there, ultimately they, they don't eat any bread or anything that might have the cordyceps in it. They eat eggs and bacon. Yeah. A neighbor offers, offers Joel, uh, offers them biscuits and the daughter says, Oh, he loves biscuits. And Joel pauses for a second and he's like, yeah, now nah, you know what? It's fine. We, we, we can't, we, we're not going to do it. So there were all these things that were, there were just, they, they were right there. Just such a great example of, of good writing that's building it. But mention that to say in the second episode there, in that first episode, there's a scene where when they're eating breakfast and um, I think there's an announcement on the radio about what's happening in Jakarta. And so then we see that in the next in the next episode and the way that they show that is to me in the most relatable way. It, it's just guttural. It, it was it, there was something about it that that was dreadful in a way that that surpasses those jump scares. Like this is this is the kind of thing because it's that slow and silent terror, you know, like in a, somewhere in a lab. Here you have a military man who's brought in a scientist to check on something. Meanwhile, life is continuing outside of all that. Nobody else knows that. And she recommends that he bomb, that they bomb that entire place because they're not going to stop it any other way. Like, no, but you know, that I, I think that to say that it's another example of a tra- of transcending the genre uh, would be an understatement. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's the thing that's kind of crazy because, it, you know, I don't want to compare it to a Walking Dead situation, but one of the things that Walking Dead did good in the first season was, yes, there was a lot of zombies, all that kind of stuff, but they really did talk, focus more on the characters it, re- responding to this world around them as opposed to it just being about walking zombies trying to kill everyone. And then yeah. like, and again, like, 
the the humans are almost worse than the zombies at some points because of the you know pettiness or greed or survival or whatever it was i thought last of us did a great job of really uh honing in on the human aspect of this uh all these humans in this crazy ass world and then how they're gonna react i think that was crazy and our last one also puts you into a a, a a spatial and temporal uh understanding right so it's not just oh they're just coasting through backwoods country for eight seasons and you don't know what year it is or what, what you have no idea which way it's up you know um and then all of a sudden it snows you know their way of doing it is like okay here's 20 2003 when this stuff no even further back they start in 1960 with the tv show where the where the, the doctor is talking about the worst type of of disease of of infection pandemic that would mm. destroy humanity would be a fungal because we have nothing to to fight fight about mutated uh fungus and um you know and talks about if the if the the planet starts to get warmer that it can survive the mutated fungus cancer we might be able to survive in those conditions so it took you through the time and put you in a, in a specific space to allow your brain to say okay in 20 years through the rise of a military authoritarianism these type of things 20 years might not be a long enough time to completely do away with capitalism you know that in fact i would even say it's not because that's the only thing that you still have people who are alive who were alive pre-cordyceps so yeah they establish those things and that's what makes the story even better because of the 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 leitmotifs the things that are a part of the mise-en-scene though, around the world that help tell the story. Mm. So uh, well, it's interesting. Me, oh, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the thing that, that jumps out for me uh, to follow your comparison to Walking Dead is when it focuses on the characters and not gimmicking nonsense, these stories can be really good. Like, I think when Walking Dead was at its best, was when it honed in on the stuff that Kirkman uh, sort of honed in on in the books. Like, you know, there nobody was safe. You don't really see too many shows where your main characters could buy it at any point. Um, and they make you believe, like, Rick survives most of the series, if not, if, uh, and I think he survives most of the way to the, most of the way uh, in the book as well. But kind of don't like they they do a really good job of making you feel like that could or could not be um yeah. and likewise with this show you they they do a good job of making you feel like you know obviously no show with Joel without Joel and Ellie but you don't know that like they really do a good job of making you feel like these two people could die at any point uh yeah. even in the past even the flash. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, I didn't mean. Well, the, even in the flashback with Riley, you know, you're watching a flashback, and you, for a brief moment, don't like your your heart is in your throat the entire time that they're in the mall. A because you know what happened, mm. and B because that can't possibly be safe. 
Yeah, like that idea from Jump. <laughs> yeah, it's a dark mall. It's huge. It's yeah. in, in the smack dab in the middle of the ruins of of the pandemic of what the the Cordyceps destroyed of the old world. And yeah, it, you're right. It is totally. Um, and I think to your point, what they do well, what they did well, unlike The Walking Dead, is it wasn't this idea. They didn't try to tr fool us into believing that with these tricks that Joel and, and Ellie were going to die. What they did was just continue to show how dangerous their trick is. They're going to get hurt. They're going to have these situations. But at the same time, they're going to meet people who they're going to attach themselves to. And unfortunately, those people are going to be lost to them. Same yep. happened with Tess. You know, even right. even though Ellie hadn't known Tess for that long, she didn't want to leave her, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and, and it, then Sam and Henry and, 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 and Bill and Frank, and even though Ellie never met Bill and Frank, you know, just seeing how Joe reacted to finding out that they had committed suicide, it affects her in a visual way. So... It, it's it definitely pushes us to we keep in that very good way that Ellie and and Joe are not safe safe meaning yes because they're the protagonists they might not die we know that we we we're smart we most of the audience understands that but at the same time the writers do a good enough job of not making you comfortable watching their journey because uh, you know at any moment they people were hurting them like with when ellie's kidnapped by the cannibal guys and and you know mm -hmm. and, and she has to get out of that and i like that it wasn't a damsel in deception situation ellie got out of that situation on her own yeah joe ends up coming right at the right moment but at the same time ellie saves herself yes she got she got out of that all on her own yeah yeah and she saved him through her own ingenuity, but also applying the things that he had previously taught her. So everything in, so it's, it's that classic example of this thing needs to build to this, to this, to this, till you get to that end. That's why when you, you can have a last shot, a last moment of a series like this, not be a cliffhanger of someone raising a, a, a knife and then it cutting the black or, you know, some, highfalutin thing like that it can be a character moment where ellie simply asks joel a question and his answer speaks volumes not just not necessarily to her but to us and as mm -hmm. i said all the time it's that classic hitchcock and suspense we now know something that one of the characters does not know yep there you go now oh, that makes sense and I think now, so it's interesting too, because I was actually curious to see if they were going to do the first game as the first season, or were they going to try to chop it up or extend it? And I thought that was actually a good choice to not do that and just keep the first season as the first game, which means now we have our second season, which is a time lapse. And they already said that if uh, Bella Ramsey wants to play, um, you know, uh, the role of Ellie, it's like, it's hers unless she doesn't want to do it. It's on her basically. Um, which well, I think she's was that? 19 though she's yeah. not actually 14 so 
Yeah, it makes sense. I could make it work. It could work. Um, Give her some, uh, you know, she could get a little buffer or something like that. She'd be all right. Yeah, and just act her age. I mean, she was acting yeah. like a 14-year-old, which yeah. they said she was a 14-year-old. But, you know, I think that that makes sense. And Last of Us Part Two hasn't come out yet, the video game, right? That's... Uh, I did. It came out 2020. If I oh, they just re-released it on... Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I was looking that up, like, Essentially, Last of Us is like one of the most re-released games. <laughs> yeah, it came out released on you know, like PS uh, three. I three, think. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think there is. So it, it, they've been re-releasing it literally almost every console with every so, engine because they just yep. did it with PS five, and it looks t- and it it's totally different from the game on PS four. Look at it and it's like they literally did made a new game. <laughs> for it like they literally made that's how good that game has been and i don't think there's another game maybe grand theft auto maybe yeah. grand theft yeah in fact it is grand theft auto because grand theft auto was released first five was released first on uh ps3 three okay. then it was released on ps re-released on ps4 and then the birth of grand theft auto online and now it's re-released in ps5 in yeah, see, that's crazy. But yeah, I think so. If they stick with that, you know, then it might get to what we we talk about of just having a beginning, a middle, and an end, and be done. Like having two two seasons of Last of Us, but two real really well done quality seasons. I think is a better situation. Um, they were talking about doing Last of Us three, the video game, and I think that got shelved as the as they kept re releasing the other ones. So it might actually just be like a two a two and done thing. And honestly, that would be pretty dope because it has a full a full complete story. So I don't think you need to like put the fillers in or anything that really just get in, tell a good story and get out. And this is a thing where the whole Ellie possibly being a key to a cure is a MacGuffin. So you should know, most people should know, or you should think uh, that they're never going to solve that issue. Like the show, the series will end with the cordyceps fungus still having wrecked humanity. It's just because it's not about that. It's about how these characters have survived and how they how they live this new reality. And that new reality isn't going to go away. Uh, it took, I mean, as, even though it was destroyed overnight, it takes way longer to rebuild civilization than it does to destroy it. Yeah, so not... And I think that in yeah, the the cure thing is actually is a classic uh, MacGuffin trope, um, and um, I think it'll be it'll be really interesting with you for season two and how people respond to it. Because I think by that, I think a lot of people that watch the show have now gone back and play probably played the game, um, and so oh, like, yeah. that's yeah, like this one was kind of like I, yeah, like yeah, this one was like oh, I, I heard it was a game, I'll, I'll just check it out, and then now but with the ending, I could definitely see more people being like nope, go back because now they released on PS five. And all that kind of stuff. So um uh season two could be quite interesting. And I think like I said, just from you know, from a technical aspect of it, from how they um portrayed all the fun guys, you know, the cordis steps and all that kind of stuff. It's actually super, super dope. So um yeah, that's pretty much all I got for the Last of Us. I, I enjoyed it. I was like, you know, not my genre, but I was like, I told I'm I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And honestly, I think it's because it was character driven, not genre driven. I think that's probably the reason why I enjoyed it for it wasn't about, you know, jump cuts and scary thingies, people hopping out and like all blood and guts. It was literally about humans being shitty to other humans and trying to figure out not to be so shitty. <laughs> yeah, in a world that is falling apart. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Josh, you got anything else? Nope. Good, good show. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else can you say about it? I mean, it's 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 a great show. I, I agree with what you said. I think if they if if they if three season two or three seasons is all if it t- is what's needed to tell this story, then let's get in and get out because I'd rather it be a great three seasons than great three seasons and then shitty three more seasons on top of that. And, and then by the time it ends, we forgot how good, how great it was. Yeah. I mean, not the walking dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's that a show few, there's a few yeah. that could be put on that list. Uh, that show full on. <laughs> no, it's actually done until the Carol Darrell show called whatever other Stick it thing that he tried to squeeze me. Is that actually going to happen? I think out. AMC is really trying to push that. Like I, I, that's yeah, the reason why a lot of the 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 finale got a lot of flack because they said it was just like setting up a bunch. Of, it was just all setting up a bunch of show. Like that's the whole yeah. pretty much. Yeah, role. Yeah. From what I read, the actress that plays Carol was like, nah, "I'm not doing it no more. You crazy? I'm done. I'm doing this for 13 years." Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and I don't I don't blame her, and because. There's nothing more to tell from that story. They're not a romantic interest. They're not like they're not they're they're great friends, but you know, again, it's where do you go from there? Like it's it's just not something that I think if they had done that maybe after like a season five where those two left the show and then they went to a whole nother location and were trying to survive, maybe I'd be interested in. But at this point, no. I yeah, mean, I, I I think uh, doing any more Walking Dead is holding up. Uh, I forget the actor's name. The actor who plays Daryl. Uh, I think it's Norman, holding up. Norman Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus. I well, thought he could be doing other stuff, and I think he'd be great in other stuff. Yeah, good actor. Well, great other stuff. Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, he will do. Other, I I think get rich doing other crap, man. Come on. Well, he did make. I'm sure make quite a book. Doing that Death Stranding game, that was a pretty uh oh yeah, it was a pretty big popular game, and um they've done that. they've re released a few times too. Yeah, nah, that's true. But nah, you can do some good stuff. I think you're right. It's one of those things where it's if it's um if he's freed from the shackles of Walking Dead, mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be able to do some some good stuff because you know every year I'd be like, Is that show still on? That show's still on. My other one that's like that is the Flash. The Flash is ending this year, so finally they're all gone. Well, they're, they're, that you follow shows under the category of they overstay their welcome. We liked them as house guests for a while, and then they just wouldn't. That they never left. They they were lingering. Yeah. They never left. Oh, super okay. like that. Yep. Round, okay, round the horn. What 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 season did you stop watching Walking Dead? Two. I should. Cool. Yep, couldn't do it. Yeah, Cam wow. stopped there because Out. he read the comics, so he understood. Yeah, it. but exactly. Uh, that's right. Yep, yeah, but right. I, you know what? I came back. What I did was I stopped at two, and I just waited for uh, the governor, and then I went back for the governor. It went too long, so I stopped again. Then I waited for Negan. Negan came in, and then he was kept going. I was like, stopped again. Yeah, and I was like, because mm. I was like, yo, I just wanted to see these particular characters, and when they showed up, it was dope. Like that first episode of each one of their introduction, boom, awesome. Then for some reason they stuck around for two seasons. I'm like, okay, I, I can't do this. And yeah, 
And yeah. so that's when I was just like, nah, I'm tapping out, man. I, you guys are just, you guys are literally feeling it and, and stretching it. Plus, I don't like how they did Black People in Walking Dead, so. <laughs> I started watching after, uh, I stopped watching regularly after they fake killed Rick. And I, I, and I was watching, which was about season seven, I think, eight. I don't even remember. Maybe it was nine. Because they went, what, how many seasons? It's up there. Eleven. They went 11. Yeah. I didn't watch season 10. I didn't watch season 11. Uh, yeah, I think it was nine. Uh, I didn't watch that full season. I only watched, because I watched nothing after Rick, that stuff happened with Rick. And I'm pretty sure that happened like after the first eight episodes or or, or so. Um, and then the, the season before that, with the which was the last Negan season, I was watching sporadically, but I then I but not week to week. And then I went back when they put it on Netflix and rewatched what happened. Cause like Cam said, I just, they just kept going on and on with each of the villains and it became a gimmick. And so each season was like, uh, you know, like it took literally Negan's name is mentioned in the, at the end of the clip of the mid season finale of like season five or six, I think it was, yep. Six, all right, or five, and then uh, I. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Where you start watching? Right. Uh, I want to say whatever season it was where they introduced Negan. Um, I was dating someone, and I kept telling her there's something coming, there's something coming, there's something coming. You should keep watching, and so I didn't realize that that meant that I'd be watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I waited for them. I I waited for them to kill Glenn. Uh. Was it Abraham? Again, I said they botched that. Well, they botched that because they kind of halfway fake almost killed him, like yeah. five or six episodes before. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yep. yep. Then killed him for real, for real. Terrible, but in the terrible way that he went out in the books. Then took out Abraham with his body hot on hollow. Because the way that he died in the books was way more impactful, in my opinion. But the, they gave uh, that death to uh, to uh, Tara's girlfriend, uh, the the girl that was because he he died. Abraham dies when he gets shot through in the comic book when he gets shot. Arrow, gets arrow by the white, and he's still talking as as the. I shouldn't laugh. It should, he's still talking as the as as he goes down and his words start to slur, but his eyes yeah. eyeball poked out. He doesn't realize what's happening. Yeah. But I mean yeah. I tapped out probably way before that. Um when did I when did I tap out? Probably about a season or two before when um um oh when they give you the, the line from the comic book they don't know who they're messing with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. now the cannibal, the one with the cannibal. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I, and that was I, 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 from the comics that they actually did not stretch out too long. Like it was the, yeah. one, the one thing that, that, that moved very nicely. I thought. Yeah. That's the one time that they did, that they did a, a actual good adaptation, even though again, they, they kind of stretched it out because the whole terminus thing was was throughout the, mm-hmm. the best back half of whatever season there was. 
But mm-hmm. in terms of it, like going after they meet the the cannibals, it going on and on for a whole two seasons and a half, that didn't happen. And I was great, glad that that didn't happen. But they added so much more with the wolves. And every time you looked around, there was some new gimmick villain. Yep, out. yep. exactly. That's when I was just like, nah. Every time I would like peep in just to see if I should look at it, nah, nah, and nah. But, um, you know, as we've uh, we went on a whole tangent about Walking Dead, my bad. That was my fault. <laughs> you opened that door. You opened that door. <laughs> Last of Us was great. We're glad we watched it. Can't wait for season two. I'm glad people got into it. It's awesome. <laughs> Did or Pascal single-handedly holding up multiple uh, multiple networks? Yeah, on, on his shoulders. On, on his, his shoulders. shoulders. On his shoulders. But you know what's interesting? Someone will point this out. The, the man has not been in a bad TV series. Nope. As a starring role, yeah, he has a bunch of uh, guest starring and like in the background roles of just a, like so many shows. Someone did a YouTube thing. I'll send you guys. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He was in Buffy, but in an episode of Buffy yep. the Vampire Slayer. Dude, work it, man. That, that man was working hard before he got to work. I salute him. I salute him. But yeah, this is Learn Lines. Thanks for hearing this rant, and we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>